Hey, and thanks for tuning in to the Father's House podcast. The Father's House exists to see people discover life in Jesus. We hope that today's message brings you fresh life and renewed hope as you listen. Enjoy. All right, all right. So fun to be with you guys this morning. Welcome from Orange County, California. Uh, my flight is canceled, so I might be in San Francisco for a while. I don't know. We'll just hang out and we can, we can talk all afternoon. This would be great. But uh, really just excited to be with you guys today. And just a, a special shout out to Pastors Tim and Robin. Um, we planted a couple weeks before them. And, and if you've ever planted a church or you've ever had something incredibly difficult that you have to go through, to get to go through it with people is really powerful. And so they've been great friends for ours. We've been learning from each other, encouraging each other along the way. And so uh, I'm, it's like we're two minutes in, I'm already getting emotional. So this is going to be a long morning, guys. But, uh, but love these guys. And you guys, your pastors are amazing. And uh, just excited to uh, just be here and, and share God's word. And so for me, I, I just got back from um, Germany and Romania and was encouraging some church planners across that place. And Here's one of the things that I'm most excited about as you think about well, why, why would you go to Germany and Romania? There's, there's places and cities in the world where it, they're like 1% Christian. And it's really exciting. I think, I think when there's a desperation and there's a hunger for people to want to know who Jesus is, that, that miracles and incredible things happen in that city. And I believe as you look at any city in the United States, San Francisco is that city. And I believe what God is gonna do in this next season in your church is gonna be prophetic, it's gonna be profound. You're gonna see lives change. You're gonna see this place packed out. You're gonna have a third service because you can't keep the people in this building, right? God's gonna do something. There's a new season. And, and what I saw as I traveled, and I, even that I'm here today, is that uh, COVID did something to the church. The church is different. And we are entering into a new season in the church. I, I believe we're entering into a new season of something that God wants to do. And so one of the things we get to do as we talk about today is I want to talk about how do we enter into new seasons. And, and, and here's, when I was in Germany and Romania, I was my executive pastor, uh, and he had this crazy idea that uh, we should go to France and do wine tasting. As Tim said, I, you threw me under the bus, you know, I drink a lot of wine, so there you go. But confession time here in San Francisco. But, but so we go, to this, we go to this last winery, and uh, there's this, uh, I'm going to ruin the accent, but there's this French guy, his name is Remy. My name is Remy. He's like 65, 70 years old, and I've never seen somebody so passionate about wine and, and vines. I mean, like, he was like, I was like, who is this guy? He's crazy, like, should I, should I believe him? And he would say things like this. He'd go like, come into the barrel room. And I'm like, okay, we go in the barrel room. And he, and he points to a barrel. He's like, let's drink the baby of the vineyard. This is 2022. And we're like sampling out of the barrel of this baby in the vineyard, you know? And then we go and we have this really profound experience where he pulls out a 2019 uh, Bordeaux and we're, we're tasting it. And in front of us is this window that's overlooking the vineyard. And he's like, look, you are tasting the child that was produced in that vineyard. And it sounds crazy. It was a little weird. <laughs> but here's the profound thing about this. Is here's what I believe. As I started to think about when Jesus says, I am the vine, he talks about this idea of new wine. Here's what I believe is that in every season of our lives, Jesus is producing new wine. And there are things that you may not be able to see that are happening in you or whatever season that you might be in, but I'm telling you right now that every single season, Jesus produces new wine. And so I just stood there for a moment looking at this vineyard, realizing this vineyard will go through four seasons and every season it produces new wine. 
And what's crazy is we, one of the wineries that we were at, uh, uh, the, the, we, we had a guide with us, and they, they brought out like kind of a mystery bottle, like, like blind tasting. And they like, you know, stupid Americans, you're like, hey, see if you can guess the year. You're like, oh, okay, let's try this, right? So I'm doing all the things like swirling in the glass. I'm looking at the color. I'm doing all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I think it's maybe a 2010, maybe a 2012. And, and then here's what the guide did. The guy grabs his glass and he's like, no, it's not a 2010. 2010 was a really hot year. This doesn't taste like a wine. I mean, he just goes, it wasn't a 2012. We had an early frost. I think this is a 2008. And literally, he nails it. Exactly right. But here's what's crazy is that he knows exactly what happened in that year that impacts the wine that's being made in that season. And if you think about what God has done in your life in 2020, in 2019, all of us went into 2020 thinking it was going to be the best year ever. That was a joke, right? And so then you got 2021, like we're back. And then stuff happens in 2021. And now we're in 2022. And then you've got 2023. So we, all of those seasons impact the new thing that God is doing in us. And sometimes if we don't understand the seasons, if we don't understand what's happening, we miss the new thing that God is doing in our lives. And so that's what I want to talk to you guys about today is, is how many of you feel like you want, to, you want God to do a new thing in your life? I mean, all of you should be like, there you go, thank you. Somebody's like, I don't know if I, new thing? I don't know. I like the old thing, you know. But it's like, I, would, I just believe God's doing a new thing. It's believing for that miracle that you want to see happen. It's, it's seeing the people in your family come to know Jesus. It's growing in your faith. It's, it's, it's stepping out and serving the church. I mean, those are the new things that God wants to do in your life in this new season. And I don't, I don't think any of us in this, in this room want to hold on to the old season. We want to actually embrace the new season. Now, for me, um, I'm entering into a new season. Uh, April 9th is Easter, and it's actually my 50th birthday. I know. So I try to keep up with Tim, but it's, you know, it's impossible. But, you know, so, but, but it's a new season, right? It's, I, I'm turning 50. It's different. My kids aren't at home anymore. It's a new season for me. And I'm believing God's going to do some new things in my life in that season. And I can't hold, if I try to hold on to the old way of me doing life, I will miss out on the new things that God wants to do. And so for us at TFHOC, we, we, our church launched around the same time uh, that you guys did. So we're, I think we're coming up on five years uh, this fall, which would be exciting. So, but here's what I've seen is there's something happening. There's something happening in the church. And we are seeing new people every single Sunday come to know Jesus. We are seeing new people that are walking by a building and going, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I have to come into this building. I thought I was coming to a movie. We're in a movie theater. I thought I was coming to a movie. It's literally, so this happened. Somebody thought they were coming to a movie, went into the church service and sat through the whole church service. I was like, this is crazy, God. Like, you know, they bought a ticket somewhere else and didn't show up. It's awesome. And they had our church. But, I, but I'm telling you that God is doing something new. We, 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 can't go what, we can't go through what we went through to not have God do something new in this season. And here's what's happening. This is, this is just our church. And man, if God could do it in Orange County, he's certainly going to do it in, in San Francisco. If a revival can start in Kentucky, right? A revival can start here in San Francisco. And so just in the last year, just in the last year, we've seen our in-person attendance increase by 92%. Crazy, right? We've seen our online attendance. We have an online campus increase by 84%. We got community groups in the UK, New Jersey, Texas, South Africa. I, don't, I have no idea. They call it TFHOC home. Something's happening. Uh, we saw our kids' ministry increase by 141%. Apparently, people didn't have anything to do during COVID, right? 
So now we got lots of little kids. If you don't know that, if you don't understand that, talk to Tim afterwards. He'll, he'll tell you more about that. But, but there's a new thing that God is doing, a new thing. And I just believe he's gonna do a new thing in your life. I really do. And anytime, again, this is not an alcohol conversation. We're not talking about alcohol. We're talking about things that Jesus uses to drive, uh, create a story and, and create, communicate a point of what it looks like to follow him. And so anytime that new wine is mentioned in the Bible, most of the time it's connected to a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so when you talk about new wine and what God wants to do new wine in you in that season, we're talking about a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life to do something that you've never done before. And so that's what Jesus talks about. And in fact, this is what he says in Matthew 9, verse 17. He says this, Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. Nor they, no, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Now, let me, tell, let me tell you what he's talking about in this moment, because I don't want you to miss this. As a level three small yay, when you pick the grapes and you put them into a vat, they begin to transform from grapes into juice. Then there are things like yeast that goes in and eats the sugars, and what's happening is there's a transformation process happening in this barrel. And the transformation process, actually, it bubbles up, it creates heat, it grows, it expands because this transformation is happening, right? So when Jesus is talking about old wineskins, they didn't have barrels in those days. So what they would take is an animal skin and they would pour the wine into the animal skin. Why? Because the animal skin would stretch. So the transformation growth that's happening in the wine, it's bubbling up, it's heating, it's being converted, it's transforming, is actually expanding the wineskin. And so when he says, hey, you can't put new wine into old wineskins because the old wineskin is already expanded to the growth of the previous season. And if you want God to do something in a new season, you actually have to pour new wine into a new wineskin so that the expansion and growth and transformation can happen. And so we miss some of these, these, these analogies that Jesus is talking about when we don't ta understand this the viticultural and the vines and what happens. And for me, as a level three sommelier, uh, I geek out about like soils. Vines, buds, right? Seasons, harvest. You know, what grapes are these? You know, like, that's just, I geek out about that stuff. I love stainless steel or French oak. You know, like, I mean, like, those are things I love in terms of, like, thinking about how it impacts what God, what was happening in that new wine. And so as we talk about what's happening, and Jesus is using these examples, especially in John 15, there's, there's, a, there's a reference that he's talking about that if we don't understand the context, we miss the significance of what he's trying to tell us. And here's what I want you to understand as we look at John 15. John 15 was the night before, his, before Jesus went to the cross. It's the last night. He's got his disciples in a room. T tomorrow, their life is going to be forever different. Jesus will be gone. Jesus will be crucified. The Holy Spirit will come. Like, their, their lives are going to be so different that Jesus chooses to give them advice on that very last night. And here's what I believe. Because he wants to do new things in us, because there are new seasons happening in our lives, I believe the words that Jesus gave his disciples are actually for us. They're for us as we enter into a new season. It's for us as we enter into that new thing that God is doing in our life. And so when Jesus says, I am the vine, that is so significant. It's so powerful. Because he's referencing something. He's using, he was probably walking to the Garden of Gethsemane and he saw a vineyard and he said, that's me. And in that culture, everybody would have understood what that meant. 
And so I think it's really important for us as we talk about this new thing that God is doing, that we understand the process uh, of viticultural and winemaking so that we can understand what Jesus is referencing. Because I think it's so powerful. And so look at John, uh, John 15, verses one through four. Now let me say this before I start. I don't want to step any toes, but I, I might end up being in San Francisco longer than I thought, so you guys can hate me afterwards. I thought I was going to run to the airport and get on a plane so I could say whatever I wanted to say. But now I might be here. So I don't want to step on toes. But in Scripture, there's really two kinds of people that, that are around Jesus. There's a crowd, and there's disciples. Okay? Now, let me say it this way. Um, most of you in this room are probably fans of some sort of sports team. 49ers? Okay. Uh, Oakland? Crickets. Crickets, one person. There you go. Lakers? Yeah, see, Warriors? Okay, so you guys all, you guys know, you're fans of a team, right? Let me just say this. It's really easy to put on a jersey, paint your face, go to the game and cheer. It's really easy to be a fan. It's really challenging to be a player. And so here's what I want to ask you as we dive into this, because this is what Jesus is talking about. Are you a fan of Jesus? Or are you a follower of Jesus? Because being a fan of Jesus is easy to do. Being a follower of Jesus, Jesus tells you he's going to cost something. And so when he goes into this analogy about the vine, that's, he's referencing setting up his disciples who are going to have to lead the church after he is crucified on the cross. I want to produce disciples. In fact, uh, you know, we, we want to always have an invitation for people to say yes to Jesus. But the disciples just didn't raise their hand. They left everything. And they lived with him. They followed him. That's, they, they were disciples. And so Jesus is really talking differently when he's on the last night with the disciples and he dives into John 15, 1 through 4, and says, I am the vine. So listen, let me read this and listen with me. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, so I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now, I want, to, I want to talk about this for a second. I want to talk about what Jesus uses this word, remain. Uh, if you have the King James Version, it's probably abide, okay? There's a concept that he's talking about remaining. He says, no matter what you do, I'm going to remain in you. My promises are today, they're for tomorrow, I'm going to remain in you. What I do on the cross, I'm going to remain in you. I'm promising the Holy Spirit, I'm going to remain in you. I'm, going to, I'm always compassion, forgiveness, love, all that. I'm in, I'm in. Jesus is going, I'm in, I'm going to remain in you. So then he goes, would you remain in me? And so when we talk about remaining in something, it means that you are connected to something. Now, Jesus is the most intentional, brilliant person on the planet. And so when he says, I am the vine, he's not saying, we are the vine. He's saying, I am the vine. Guess what we are? We're the branch. A branch can be grafted onto a vine in the winemaking world. You could take a Cabernet, and you could have Merlot, cut off the Merlot, take the Cabernet, put it on the vine, and it would grow and produce fruit. And what's crazy is, thinking about this, the fruit that you're producing is dependent on the vine you're grafted into. So if you're wondering why there's no fruit in your life, you gotta go back to the source and go, what vine am I actually connected to? 
and what's crazy about vines, like this is, think about, think about how crazy Jesus is by using this analogy. Okay, so most of us, uh, if you have a garden or, you know, a tree in your yard, you know, you're going to give something all the water it wants. You're going to give it all the nutrient it wants. You want to make sure it's facing the sun. And you're going to give a plant everything it needs to grow, right? A vine is not meant to be in the best soil. In fact, the best vineyards in the world are planted in the worst soil. Why? Because the vine's job, this is Jesus, I am the vine. The vine's job is to grow roots deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and find the nutrients and the water to solely produce the fruit in your life. How crazy is it that Jesus would say that? He's going, let me struggle for you. Let, let, let you, let be grafted into me so that you can produce fruit. Let me go deeper in your hearts in the soil so that I can help you grow fruit in your life. I mean, how profound is it that Jesus is saying that? It's crazy, huh? And so we talk about this idea of being connected to him, but remaining in him, he's setting up his disciples and saying, hey, listen, you can't do anything. Turn to your neighbor and say anything. You can't, you can't do anything without Jesus. And he's telling his disciples, you, you, you can try, but you'll be grafted in some other vine. But if you're grafted to me, then we're going to produce fruit. And so when he talks about this idea of being grafted in, I want to give you a definition of what that looks like. Okay? So there's, there's actually like seven or eight defin definitions of remain, this, this Greek word. But I want to give you three, okay, if you're taking notes. Because I think this is one of the most powerful statements that Jesus makes. I am the vine. I'm going to struggle on your behalf so that you can produce fruit. Okay, so he says this. Here's one definition. Uh, to remain means to be moved to take action. You're so connected to something that you're motivated by it to actually take a step out. So when you're so connected to the vine, you're actually like, I don't care what happened. I'm, I'm going, Jesus, I love Jesus, going. That's connected to the vine. There's an energy about that. There's a passion about that. In fact, um, um, I kind of joke uh, when I go to restaurants, uh, I like to sit at the bar. And I call it my bar ministry. So... Yeah, you guys can take this if you want. This would, be, this would be fun. So I'm sitting at this bar, and it's a circle. This bar is a circle, right? And that side's on the, it's outside, I'm, I'm inside, and, and I'm sitting there. And I see this guy across from the bar, and he's sitting with his wife, and he looks really familiar. And I feel like God's saying, hey, just yell out his name. Yell out his name. And I'm like, God, why, that's, I'm going to embarrass myself. He's halfway across the bar. Do we want to talk about stuff across the bar, about Jesus, all this kind of stuff? And so I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. I order my food. God puts it back on my heart again. Would you just say the guy's name? I'm like, I don't even know if it's him. I'm not going to say it's I'm like, I'm arguing with God in my head at this moment, right? And I'm like, I look his name up on Facebook. That's how like, you know, insecure I am in this moment. And, and finally, 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 I'm like, oh gosh, this is never going to end. So across the bar, I'm like, Jerry. Yeah? It's Matt. Whoa, oh my gosh, how have you been? I haven't seen this guy in like 10 years. He's a pastor. So he starts telling me about his ministry. He's talking about ministry in Vietnam. He's like, he's like, what are you up to? I'm like, oh, I planted a church. He's like, yeah, I think my daughter goes there. And it's like amazing. We're like, so we're talking, we're yelling across the bar talking about church. <laughs> Top of our lungs. We get up, he leaves, we give each other a hug, high five, you know, and he walks out the door. What I didn't know is two seats from me was a 70-year-old lady. And she turns to me and she says, 
I, I heard you talking about a church. I, I've been looking for a church. <laughs> you don't know when God is gonna use you. If you're so connected to the vine, you will step out into anything. And I, and I, I, I turn to her and I go, yeah, let me, let me tell you about my church. And she goes, can you tell me about the pastor? And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I am the pastor. She's like, okay, well, yes, we're, we're having a great conversation. I invite her to church. I invite her to church. I tell this story the next week. I tell the story the next week. I'm sitting in the lobby of our church, and here comes this seven-year-old lady. I, I had no idea she was in the building. And here's what she tells me. She goes, I'm so excited to be here. And guess what? I raised my hand and said yes to Jesus. When, when you're connected to the vine, it moves you. You don't care what happens to you. You don't care about your circumstances. You don't care. You step out because you don't care because here's what's going to happen when you step out. The Holy Spirit's going to meet you in that space, and God is the one that actually makes things grow. We just plant and water. But that's what happens when you're connected to the vine. Second definition. Positioned firmly on God's promises. To remain in him means that we are positioned firmly on his promises. Now, I always go to positioning, and I think about sports, okay? Positioning in sports either helps you defend against something or it helps you attack and score. So when you're positioned on God's promises, it defends against the attacks of the enemy, and it actually helps you take ground in his name. But we have to, be, we have to ask this question, when we talk about positioning, we have to ask this question, do we actually believe God is who he says he is? Do you actually believe God's promises are for you? Do you actually believe that God can heal whatever sickness you might have? Do you actually believe that God can bring that person in your family to know Jesus? Do you actually believe that God can give you that promotion? Do you actually believe that God can forgive your sins regardless of whatever, whatever it is that you've done? Do you actually believe that? If you do, it positions you to defend and attack against the enemy. So when we're connected to that vine, it's different. And Jesus knew his disciples were about to go into battle. They're going to build the church. They're going to be persecuted. And he goes, just stay connected to me and watch what I'm going to do. Third definition means to dwell. Like move in. Like, like sleep over. Right? Like it's, I'm going to go, because I don't have a flight anymore, I'm sleeping over at Tim and Robin's house. I'm moving in. But it means to move in. You're with them. Like you're connected. When the disciples became followers of Jesus, they were with him. They slept in the same room. They ate at the same table. They were, they were with him. And, and I think sometimes, some of us have saying, I, I, I've been wanting a miracle, but let me ask you this. When, when was the last time you spent hours in prayer? I, I've been wanting wisdom and discernment. When was the last time you opened God's word? I, I've been wanting a breakthrough in my life. When was the last time you spent time in worship? I, I've been wanting God to use me. When was the last time you stepped up and served the church? And there are some people probably in this room that I believe God has put on your heart to serve the church. And you've been sitting here too long and you're waiting. God, I want, I want to break through my life. And I'm telling you right now, the minute you step into it, God's going to do an incredible thing. God's going to do an incredible thing. Yeah, I like, you guys are like, the OC doesn't clap like this. I like this. This is so great, you know. But so we've got this idea of to dwell with him, to stand on his promises, that it causes us to move action. That's, that's exactly what Jesus is talking about to his disciples. This is what it means to be connected to me. Now I'm gonna give you some wine stuff in just a second because he says this 
Because as you enter the new season, there's a process you're gonna have to go to see the new wine and the new fruit in your life. And he says, you can't go through that season without being connected to me. If you're not connected to me as you enter into this new season, you're not gonna produce good fruit in your life. And so he says, you have to be connected to me. That's the number one thing. You've gotta remain in the vine. Because the season will always come. Every year there's a harvest. Every year there's a winter. Every year there's a spring. The season is always gonna come. But we get to step into that with the confidence of being connected to the vine. So let me, let me talk to you about this kind of what does the process look like? What does the, the winemaking process look like? And here's what I believe. Jesus gives us three things. Three things. The first part of the season is the crushing and the pressing. Sounds really fun, doesn't it, right? Can we go back to talking about the vine? That'd be better, right? You know? But there's, a, pre, there's a, press, a crushing and a pressing. So as soon as the grape is produced as a grape, it's picked. And the grape is going, you guys look at I'm awesome. I'm a grape. I'm the, this is amazing. I'm such a great grape. But Jesus says there's a gardener, a winemaker, that has a bigger vision for that grape about what it's going to become. But unless it's pressed and crushed, it doesn't actually achieve that vision. Look at, look at, what, look at what Jesus says. John 15, verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. I, Bianca was out of town for a week, and there's some lemons sitting on the counter. I have no idea how long those lemons have been on the counter. But when I picked up the bag, there was mold on the lemons. So think about this for a second. When you have fruit, banana, apple, lemons, whatever it is, how long does it last? Maybe a week or two. But grapes are different. If you actually press them and crush them, they produce a fruit, a juice, that can last for 10, 20, 30, up to 100 years. But not unless they're pressed and crushed. And so some of us, when you think about that season of being crushed and pressed, we don't like to be in the pressing and the crushing season. We don't like to be in those seasons where, how many of you feel like you're in a pressing and crushing season right now? And here's what I wanna encourage you with. This should be really good news. If you're in that season today, a transformation process is about to begin. God is about to do something new. And you're in that space and it's gonna be incredible. But you can't see it today. And even when you can't see it, when, even when it doesn't feel like it, here's the encouragement. God's doing something in your life. He loves you that much that even when you can't see it, even when it doesn't go your way, he's still working and fighting on your behalf to transform you into that thing that he believes and has a vision for your life. But there's a, there's a crushing and there's a pressing. And I, I remember uh, in the middle of COVID, uh, for us, uh, we, were, we were portable like you guys were. Pipe and Drape was, our, you know, our best friends. You know, all of you guys like Pipe and Drape. Um, but we lost our building. The guy, the guy went bankrupt in the middle of COVID, and so we had no, we had no building. In fact, uh, he was bankrupt and kind of shady, and so I, I called 10 of our guys, and I said, hey, let's dress in all black, Let's meet at 5 a.m. and let's sneak into the building and get all of our equipment out before he like sells it or something. So we had like this Mission Impossible mission to go. You know, we went in there, like we got all this stuff out. We put it in trucks. We left it at other churches. Like, like we were like, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna record? How are we gonna do church? How are we gonna do all this stuff? But here's what's crazy. In the midst of that, even when we thought it was a tough season, we started to doubt. We started to ask questions. Gosh, should we even do this church? This, maybe, maybe this is a good time to close the doors. And here's what happened. We couldn't even see it. Six months into COVID, 
God gave us a building that we have 24-7. We couldn't see what was happening, but God was moving on our behalf. And I believe because he's given us that building is why the church is growing at the pace that it's growing at. That people are, it's a movie theater. So people come in, like, you know, they, just, they walk by and think it's a movie theater. Come in the building. Like, it, it just stuff happens. And like, they're like, what is this place? I think I should come in. And they walk in. It's amazing. It's amazing. But God's just doing some incredible stuff. But I, I, I couldn't have made that up. Only God could do that. But it's in a season of pressing and crushing. Second thing in the process is the, we are, the, the wine is developed by the winemaker. Okay? The wine is developed after it's pressed and crushed. Uh, it's put into a barrel or a vat. And sometimes the winemaker might blend it or mix it. But oftentimes it's put in this barrel. And this is really a season of waiting. And then it's usually stuck in a cave. And what's happening is the winemaker is saying, there's going to be a transformation in this wine, but there needs to be a season where there's some character developed. There's some maturity that happens. Some soft edges are rounded out. Some new characteristics are going to come to fruit. And he puts it in a cave. And oftentimes in that cave, we're going, God, why, why are you not using me? I don't see you. I don't, I, I wait, I don't want to wait. Any, are you really there? We start to doubt in the middle of a cave. And here's what happens in a cave. There's a guy named uh, King David. Uh, most of you guys know King David. Uh, he was a shepherd. And he's the one that took the slingshot and fought Goliath, you know, killed him with the stone. So he was a shepherd. And then he became a warrior. And then he went to work for King Saul. But King Saul got jealous of him, threatened his life, tried to kill him, and David found himself running to a cave. All alone. He was anointed to be the next king. There was a calling on his life. And yet he's sitting in this cave going, God, where are you? Uh, you have these promises for me. In fact, look what, he, look what he says in Psalm 142. You can feel the anxiety and the depression. I cry out loud to you, Lord. I lift my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over my way. In the path where I walk, people have hidden a snare for me. Uh, look and see, there is no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. I mean, you can feel it. Here's this guy that was anointed to be the next king. And he's sitting in a cave all by himself. And here's what happens. It's in that cave that God takes a shepherd and makes him into a king. God sends 400 men to the cave that become the foundation for David's mighty men that help him become king later on in the story. But when he was there by himself, he couldn't see it. And that's what God is doing faithfully, is transforming us. He has a plan for how he wants to see the new wine develop in our life. And sometimes we can't see it today, but I'm telling you that God is working on your behalf. That's who he is. That's his promises. And I don't know what season you're entering into personally. I don't know what season you're entering into as a church. But I believe that God is doing something right now. I believe God is speaking to you right now. I believe that miracles are happening. I believe that, that provision is happening. I, I believe new people are gonna come in these doors. New, people that you never thought would come into a church, they're gonna be in a church. God is doing it. Now here's the crazy thing, the last step of the process. 
is it's not meant for just us. It's meant to be poured out. What God does through the crushing and the pressing and the barrel and the season of waiting is not meant for you just to hold on for you. It's actually meant to be celebrated and enjoyed by everyone. You're meant to be poured out. And if I had a bottle of wine right here, I would pour it out and I would take a sip. Because it's meant to be poured out. It's meant to be drank, enjoyed. And I don't know what God is doing in you, but I know that what he is doing in you, he wants to do through you. Because you are meant to be poured out. You are meant to be used. That's how God designed you. He created you in his image to be used by him. Your, your very presence, your very reflection is a picture of the gospel that he has done in your life. And so think about this for a second. You want your city to be changed? In you and through you. You want your home to be changed? In you and through you. You want your workplace to be changed? In you and through you. You want, to, you want your, your family to be changed? In you and through you. You want that person that you don't like on your neighborhood street? In you and through you. That's what God does. He doesn't do it just for you. He does it so that we can be poured out and enjoyed by everyone. But I don't know about you, but I want to see more and more people come to know Jesus in a powerful way. And as we talk about this, this, this process and the new wine, the new thing that God is doing, I just want to encourage you right now. It starts with being connected to the source. Jesus' statement is, I am the vine. You can't do anything without me. And here's what I want to do in this moment as we close out the service, is I want to give anybody and everybody, maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe you've never said, Jesus is my source. I want him to be my vine. I want him to be my everything. Maybe you've never said that. Or maybe you're coming back into the church and you had a bad experience. I don't know where you've came from. But here's what I know. Jesus wants to do something in you and through you. And he loves you so much that he is willing to struggle as a vine on the cross for you so that you can have a relationship with him. And here's what I'd love for us to do in this moment. Could we all just bow our heads for a second? If that's you and you've never said yes to Jesus, what I wanna do is I just wanna to count to three and I just wanna invite you to raise your hand. And one, by raising your hand, you are declaring that Jesus is Lord and Savior of your life. Two, you're acknowledging that you're a, a sinner that's in desperate need of what he did on the cross. And three, you're inviting the Holy Spirit to come into your life. If you've never done that before, and that's you, one, two, three. Go ahead and just raise your hand if that's you. Amen, 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 amen. We see you up, amen. Amen, we see you up there. Wow. Isn't God good, you guys? God is so good. So good. Can we do this? Can we just pray? Can we pray together? We pray together. Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for forgiving my sins. And thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I love you. Thank you. And I pray this in your name. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to the Father's House podcast. We hope it helped you wherever you're at in your journey. And listen, we wanna pray with you if you're going through something right now that's difficult. You can go to our website, tfh.church, and click on the prayer and praise link and tell us how to join you in prayer. Until next time, be blessed.